I'm Dave Tussing, and you're listening to George Fox Talks Leadership. Brittany, it's really good to see you today. Thank you for coming and joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a while that we've been trying to coordinate this. Um, mm-hmm. Things in my life happened and that that's real life. So yeah, same. But we're here today. Um, I just want to start out uh, talking about our journey. It's been kind of interesting. We've known each other a really long time. actually. We have. <laughs> we <laughs> and have. and uh, we started at the same company working together a while ago. I won't even say how long ago. Yeah. I don't even know how many years <laughs> it ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. And um, then we left that company in different times and ended up at another company together again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. It doing, was really cool. <laughs> doing similar work. Um, and for both of us, I think what's cool about that is that we have different journeys. We began in that sort of work, but we've gone kind of different ways. And, and especially you have really had a cool career journey and you're continuing to explore that. And you're leading the way for others to kind of think about career in a different way yeah. and and how leaders at companies can support and encourage people to find what they love to do and are great at doing um, as opposed to just doing something that we sometimes find ourselves doing. So yeah. maybe you just can talk a little about your journey to date and, uh, you know, what you're doing today and then we can dive into the other stuff we want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, man. I so, you know, I went to college for an accounting degree. Um, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really nice, stable approach to to starting my career. Um, was I interested in accounting? Hmm. Looking back, I think, you know, it brought me somewhere. You know, I wasn't totally interested in it, but it brought me somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it brought me to my first job meeting you. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I was thinking about pursuing my CPA and I didn't. And, you know, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And after I, you know, traversed a, a career for four years, I decided I want to do something different. And then in that company, just had like nine different roles, uh, worked abroad for six years, held assignments in like 15 countries. Like Super cool opportunity. Yeah, yeah. like got so many chances and took a really like meandering mm-hmm. um, career path. Mm-hmm. And I... I think I just followed those nudges, you know, and the creative impulses and and charismatic leaders that Mm -hmm. I wanted to be involved with. And um, yeah, it's been a fruitful journey. And Mm -hmm. then I recently left that company. I just had a yearning in my soul. Like uh, there's a really cool, um, he's a psychoanalyst and Jungian analyst and he, his name's, um, James Hollis, Mm -hmm. and he writes about your soul's appointment, Mm -hmm. you know, like what is your soul's appointment? And I felt that I felt like there was some appointment and I wanted to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I left um, that company six months ago and and I'm finding myself on that meandering, uncertain journey again, but it's just really exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think following following your heart Mm -hmm. and following your creativity and your passions is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something we had talked about yesterday that is maybe a cue when you're on on that vein of like, okay, this is kind of what I'm wired for is the yeah. flow state. Yeah. You know, tell me tell me more about how that has helped guide you and what that kind of means to you and what other people, if they're not familiar with that, 
can can learn about it. Yeah, I'm pretty fascinated with flow. It was created by a Czech. He has a really um, complicated name, yes. <laughs> and he actually he just passed. So, I saw that. Yeah, and uh, he created or he kind of founded this idea of flow state, mm-hmm. and it's really when you're in the zone, you know, athletes talk about being Mm -hmm. in the zone. It's like where your mind shuts off and you're just like in this like creative drive of it's where the innovation is born, you know? And McKinsey did an art, did a study uh, like a 10 year study. Mm -hmm. And they found that when people were in flow, they were 500% more productive. I can feel that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you, you can, I'm in the zone. I'm like, yeah, crashing it today. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best feeling. Right. And, I have felt that many times. And now that I've since left this other company, I feel it a lot. Like Mm. I feel it when I'm writing. I feel it when I'm Mm -hmm. learning. I Um, read something you wrote just yesterday that was, I think, stemmed from that uh, psychologist you mentioned. And uh, it was really well written. Yeah. And I could tell that you were in the flow. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like a a no thinking state, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's really, really cool. Um, What do you, you know, if you're giving advice to somebody who's earlier in their career trying to think about what should I start out doing? Where do I want to go? I mean, is there any really wrong place to start necessarily or just start somewhere that you you can get a foothold and then, Mm -hmm. you know, figure it out from there what you're doing well at and enjoying and not? I mean, I'm just curious how you would advise Mm -hmm. someone. I would say definitely like just start where you're at. Like I started in accounting with a very rational point of view, but mm-hmm. look at where it got me. So, you know, I, I think like what you said, like it's not, it, you don't have to have like all the answers, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to know. But I do think that like, and we've talked about this too, that like employers, because it's hard when you're a college student, you're trying for to pick sure. a major and <laughs> yeah. you're, and that's supposed to be your life for right. like 30 years, but the, the world has changed and <laughs> yeah. you can switch your career path. You can, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important. Like nothing is set in stone, like mm-hmm. pursue what your heart is telling you to pursue mm-hmm. and know that you can always change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it like the journey's leading you somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. follow the breadcrumbs, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's leading you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I studied, I started out doing mechanical engineering and then switched over to computer science. Cause I liked the computers. Yeah. I added a history minor because I liked history. Yeah. Then I was like, Oh, maybe I need to be able to get a job at that time. The dot com bubble blew up. So it wasn't an easy time to get a job as a right. like computer science person. So then I added accounting. Yeah. Stable. <laughs> it was very stable. Um, and I enjoyed it and, and got into that sort of thing a bit further. But then I've shifted many, many ways. And a lot of that was very technical orientation. But over the years, I've really gotten more attuned to like people mm-hmm. and working with people and, and helping lead and develop people. And that's where I've really found something that I've enjoyed. But it's the opposite end of the spectrum yeah. from like programming something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by myself totally. on a keyboard. <laughs> Totally. Um, yeah, I, it I kind just of, wandered all through, you know, and I'm still still working on figuring that stuff out. Yeah, like I went back to school this year too to pursue learning about psychology, hmm. like so, something That's that awesome. I never thought I would do. And now I'm 38, back mm-hmm. in school, mm-hmm. and with people that are like in their 20s mm-hmm. getting their masters, mm-hmm. and it's cool, you know. It's like it's unique to be learning, and and I'm not alone, you know. There's mm-hmm. people in their 50s that are in this mm-hmm. program and mm-hmm. changing their life and changing their career. Mm-hmm. So. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe talk a little more about the workplace of the future and how it is changing. Though you, you kind of started to hint at that. But what are you seeing 
um, in leadership characteristics and qualities that yeah. are there where we need to go to help people be their best at work. Yeah. It, I think, you know, when our parents were working, um, it was, and you know, still now it's like very much the masculine, mm. uh, and not like gender, but mm -hmm. like masculine principles of mm -hmm. leadership, you mm -hmm. know, like, um, not in the negative way, but just like bravado and, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I can't even think strength. of strength. Yes. You know. Strength, uh, courage, yeah. grit, yeah. um, steadfastness, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, don't show Speed. emotion, maybe don't yes. show emotion. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like really kind of more like hard, you yeah. know, like characteristics. And I feel like we're kind of like going into a new era where it's more mm. like feminine qualities, mm. like compassion, mm -hmm. nurturing, mm -hmm. um, listening, like mm -hmm. deep listening skills, mm -hmm. uh, um, connection with mm -hmm. other people, mm -hmm. like things like that, mm -hmm. I think are what is going to make like the leader of the future. Mm -hmm. I, I hope. Yeah, you no, know? I, I, I see that. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm navigating kind of that myself, like the balance of leading and driving something to get it done, yeah. but it, involving people and the team and listening to include lots of different points of view and, and really figure it out together, but still then move it along like that, that balance. It, yes. and, and in the past, it was sometimes just more of one and left some other things that are really valuable to the side. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, Feminine principles are also related to creativity, mm. you know, like allowing things to be nonlinear, mm. you know, because we're such a linear mm -hmm. like culture and the corporate world mm -hmm. is like so linear, mm -hmm. you know, you have to have this job and then you progress to this job and this job and then you <laughs> eventually go here and like projects are run like that. Everything, yeah. our education system is run like that. Yeah. But like there's also this need to kind of be in flow and like mm -hmm. flow non-linearly, mm. you know, in layers and spirals, mm -hmm. you know, and like mm -hmm. approach things from a different mindset or mm -hmm. at least have the awareness of that mm -hmm. um, is, I think mm -hmm. it's going to make work better mm -hmm. and like projects actually more efficient. And sure. when there is that right balance, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of, as you're saying those things, thinking yeah. it's like for me trying to use both sides of my brain, left yeah. and right, because I'm, I'm typically quite logical and linear. Yeah. <laughs> the computer science and accounting background, <laughs> <laughs> but then the history and like biblical studies side of my mind mm. and then like caring about the people mm -hmm. is not so linear. No. <laughs> uh, and it's very like, what's going on with this group of people and this culture and why are they doing that type of stuff? So I'm trying to like yeah. merge both of those in my brain and then figure out how to, how to operate that way as a leader and, uh -huh. and um, help other people along the journey. But I think when yeah. people are like whole brain thinking and acting, they'll be their best self. Yes. That reminds me of my journey too. Like hmm. I'm very, um, analytical, linear accounting background, consulting, mm -hmm. you know, very like masculine kind of principles. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like dabbling in psychology and in depth psychology and mm -hmm. spirituality. And mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. it's also helping me like mm -hmm. merge these hmm. two parts of myself. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, another article that I, we had both read recently and talked about was, uh, it was a McKinsey article yeah. about just the great attrition and some companies are losing a lot of people, but it's also an opportunity to attract people. So as we're designing actually like workplaces and cultures mm -hmm. in the future, um, maybe you can talk a little more about the sort of things people are looking for now or what people are doing in their lives now mm -hmm. as they're kind of reevaluating these, these things for themselves. 
Yeah. I mean, the future of work is like the mil- billion trillion dollar question right now, <laughs> you know, like what is it? Yeah. And I think nobody really knows. And I think we're going to have to figure it out mm-hmm. together. Um, I think there's some cool things happening out there, like in terms of how workplaces are being designed for di- diversity mm-hmm. and neurodiversity mm-hmm. and how not everybody is really efficient sitting at a desk mm-hmm. or like sitting in open concepts mm-hmm. or some people like different types of lighting, mm-hmm. different acoustics, mm-hmm. you know, there's all different ways that you can mm-hmm. physically design mm-hmm. for a wide set of people and be mm-hmm. very like equitable in your design. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, what I'm interested about in the future of work is also just like the human side. Mm-hmm. Like right now we're in this mode of like back to back to back meetings, Oof. you know, and yeah. <laughs> and we know like neuroscience has proven like you can't actually back, you, you, you can't do this. Like it's not sustainable, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's not good for your brain. Right. It's not good for productivity. Like, yeah. and speaking again about flow, What's the one, what are the things that interrupt flow? Emails, Slack notifications, yeah. um, text messages, uh, like yeah. interruptions, yeah. you know? The context switching cost is really high. And yes. just the distraction and then getting back is like, ooh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of studies that show that it's a pretty big impact. A huge impact, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, what is that? How can we strike that balance? Because mm. it's obviously not working for people. There's a lot of burnout, you know? Yeah. yeah. I also just think people are waking up to this sense of like, what is my meeting? Mm. Like, what's my... What's calling me? Mm-hmm. What is what do what is worthy of spending my time and energy on? You know, what wants to pour forth through mm-hmm. me? You know, mm-hmm. like what is my like divine call, calling in mm-hmm. this life? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I think people are really asking themselves that yeah. and reevaluating sure. their lives. And oftentimes, your calling doesn't have to be um, related to your vocation or right. how you financially earn. Yep. Um, so it's like what what in and outside of work mm-hmm. can I start doing mm-hmm. to cultivate this within mm-hmm. myself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and live a more full, meaningful life. Mm-hmm. So and I think something you mentioned there too, there's lots of different ways to do it. It mm-hmm. could be finding a job yep. that does that, or it could be finding a, a way to make a living so that you can, you know, have basic needs met, right. but then have a lot more time set aside to do that stuff in a non-paid context, but mm-hmm. you could be volunteering or yeah. doing a, a really lot of stuff. Going in, to school. Some, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different ways that people could could do that. And I think mm-hmm. um, for quite a long time, it was just like you said earlier, you get you go to college or whatever it is, you go do this job and do it for a long time. Yeah. And, that, and you're kind of like, then that's that. But there can be a lot more. And I think mm-hmm. there are a lot more avenues now to to serve or do things beyond just making a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes people do find that they can do make both. a living and then yeah. do both. So yeah. that's, that's great too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think employers <laughs> should try to nurture Absolutely. that, right. you know, and nurture a non-linear career path. Right. Don't make people like follow this prescriptive plan if mm-hmm. it's not good for them because mm-hmm. they'll end up leaving anyway and mm-hmm. taking all their, mm-hmm. you know, property, intellectual property, mm-hmm. property, no, knowledge somewhere mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. I just was yeah. reading an article yesterday that was a really good one. There's a big company. Um, a lot of people would know the name, but I am yeah. not going to say it, but, uh, there was a manager. She was great at her job mm-hmm. leading a bunch of people, but she found out like, I don't really love this leading big teams. I love being creative and doing something specific. Mm-hmm. And so she had shared that with her boss who was, then saying, let's get a new person 
into your team who you think could take over this leadership role. Yeah. Bring them in, train them up, and then they can take your job and then you could take a new job. And they, yeah. they really wanted to keep that person around. So they were so That's creative amazing. with what they did for her because mm-hmm. she was great. They wanted to, to make this work. And it was great. The person they brought in really wanted to do this sort of a big leadership role. And then the person got to go be like this creative expert in yeah. more of an individual contributor role. And that's yeah. the sort of thing that I think you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people aren't at the right company. They're in the wrong seat. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on. As you were talking about values and kind of figuring some of this out, we had talked a little about some, some activities that you've done yeah. and that you coach people on and teach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can talk a little about some of this personal yeah. practice, this yeah. journaling exercise. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Should we go in the journaling sure, exercise? Sure. Yeah, okay, I think yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah. So I teach a program um, called Search Inside Yourself. So it was developed at Google and it's all about mindfulness and emotional intelligence and specifically marketed to like corporations mm-hmm. and people and teams. Um, and there's a cool exercise in there that I think is valuable to revisit mm-hmm. every like six to eight months. Mm-hmm. And it is a values exercise. Mm-hmm. So discerning what your values are, because your values, whether you're conscious of it or not, are informing your decisions and mm-hmm. your behavior and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the exercise. Yeah. You choose three to five people. Uh, they can be any sort of person, like famous, fictitious, anybody mm-hmm. that you really admire, mm-hmm. like something about them really speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, And then for each of those people, you look at what are the characteristics of that person? um, In which kind of situations are they displaying these qualities that I really admire? Mm -hmm. And do a reflection, a journaling exercise on that. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you kind of review what you've written and decide distill from that five values that you think you Mm -hmm. hold dear. Because oftentimes people that we hold in high esteem, people that we admire, they are actually exemplifying pieces of us that mm. we want to integrate, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. things that we value. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, kind of just a way to draw a parallel mm-hmm. between that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you you land at your five values and um, that's it. That's mm-hmm. basically the exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And share it and talk and about it. And share it and talk about it. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, which is great, you can reflect on it yeah. later on and see if it still holds true yep. or if as your life changes, some of those may change. Mm-hmm. And once you, it's been powerful for me because once I really have understood my values, then I can start making changes and decisions exactly. about like, what am I doing and why? Is this really something I care about and want to invest, you know, my time, talent and energy into mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have a good reason and it can explain it to yourself and other people too. Mm-hmm. And it feels a lot better too, if you're living in line with your yes. values. <laughs> yeah. 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 So exactly. I, had, I had done that exercise and a different ver- version of it, a lot of different versions. Yeah. There's like Brene Brown has yes, one. Yes. There's a lot out that's there. Dare to but I, I like this one that you had. It's really, uh, practical and specific because the Brene Brown one's like a list of like a boatload of words and values, mm-hmm. which is cool. And you kind of pick pick through things that resonate with you. But, yeah. but this one I was thinking is like, Oh, let's just for fun. Think of three people that I would pick. Yeah. So for me, kind of a, uh, not a mix. I'm proud of it. Actually. It's like uh, Jesus, yes. my dad and David Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I, for, you know, I, I'm a Christian. And so Jesus is yep. a very important figure in my life. I strive to, to live as he, he did yeah. as best I can. My dad, 
Um, some people have good relationships with their dad. I'm fortunate I did. That's good. And so I learned a lot by watching and, and seeing him, how he struggled through adversity. And David Robinson, I just grew up playing basketball and liked that guy a lot. He I like that guy too. Good character, great player, hard work ethic. It wasn't about him. Yeah. He lived his values he out. He really did. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was just like grounded, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I was thinking, I was like, I kind of laughed, David Robinson. But I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going with David Robinson. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know if you, if you, you don't need to share yours, but I, yeah. I figured I would just go for it. Yeah, no, I'll share one of my values that <laughs> sure. I found like doing this exercise while I was at a career that I didn't, wasn't really feeling in awesome. alignment mm-hmm. with. And one of them was creativity. Mm. And I really love creative people, mm-hmm. people that write a lot or speak a lot mm-hmm. and like use their creativity to help others. Mm-hmm. And I realized oh, I'm not doing that, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not exercising that value in mm-hmm. my life in like any way really, you mm-hmm. know, like I was really just following demands and tasks sure. and like yeah. my creativity felt so limited and mm-hmm. stifled and that was a catalyst for me to mm. like make new decisions, yeah, you know? And totally. Yeah. I mean, coming, this is not a critique of accounting, but in general, yeah. the people don't look highly on creative accounting. I think that gets people in trouble sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, it's... I think of Enron when I think of creative accounting. So, <laughs> so that's a good thing that you weren't as yeah. creative when you were doing that. But I agree. Once you branch out, it's a great, great value. And I think mm-hmm. uh, that totally shows up the way you talked about kind of the different things you've done in your career over the last few years and where uh, you're going now. And, yeah. And you're, as you're venturing out to be uh, more independent, extremely mm-hmm. creative, it's all on you and you can really un- unleash kind of your creative genius, yes. which is great. Yeah. And it's been so like fun and energizing mm-hmm. and really something that I found I was missing, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's where you're kind of finding some flow state. Then. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So this other exercise that you were talking about yeah. is the envisioning journal exercise, which yeah. I did not do, but I'd love to hear more yeah, about it this because one, as you described it, it's a really cool this one. This one's cool. And, you know, also coming from, uh, this comes from a lot of different schools of thought mm-hmm. too. Like it's, it's, um, it's about looking into your future. It can be five it can be 10, it can be two years, however mm-hmm. far you think you want to go. Mm-hmm. And you imagine like if all, if everything went like as it should, as mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. it should, mm-hmm. you know, or if if there was not a lot of not adversity, but. Sure. If I could just wave a magic exactly. wand. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. You take the, <laughs> take the words out of my mouth. Wave a magic wand. Like what would my life look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what would I be doing? What, how would I be acting? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like what would others be perceiving in me? Sure. And write it from the first person. So mm-hmm. like I am mm-hmm. the owner of a pur- pur- purposeful, prosperous business. Mm-hmm. I am living in Spain. I, you know, mm-hmm. like, and go mm-hmm. from that vantage point mm-hmm. and uh, see what comes up. Mm. Yeah. Do it for like journal for like seven minutes, um, like stream of consciousness journaling where mm-hmm. you're not putting the pen down, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of like going for it mm-hmm. and see what comes up. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. I've, mm-hmm. I haven't done it quite like that, but kind of similar yeah. for whatever reason I've always been wired to think like all the way to the end <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and so I'm like all right what I want to do five years like 10 years from now you know where would I want to be if if I'm retired like what could that look like you know do yep, I totally want to have kids and grandkids or is that not for me you know all these sort of things I've I've thought about probably more than more than I need to over the years. Yeah. No, <laughs> but it's good. it's been helpful. And then it's kind of reflecting along the way. Should we make a shift from that? 
or is that still something I care about? Yeah. Um, and then that paired with the values of exercise is really good because then yeah. you can be like, is that something I even care about at all exactly. or not? And, and you know, if, if somebody's thinking about kind of even tying it back earlier to the work thing, is this a job that I want to keep doing and I would I still be happy in it five years from now? Does it like lead to where I want to end up 20 years from now or not? Those are good questions. People Those should are ask really themselves. good <laughs> questions. Yeah. And like if you if one of your values is to be of service and you're mm -hmm. not doing that, mm -hmm. what, what could that look like in five years? Mm -hmm. And that could be in a job or out of a job, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I had a, yeah. a, a coach. Um, I had done kind of a different uh, values assessment probably five or six years ago at work. Mm -hmm. And they said, you're not really seeming to get to to live out this, this aspect of service in the way you'd like to. Mm. And they said, I sure hope you have another outlet outside of work that you can live that out because otherwise you're going to be pretty unhappy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. I am thankful. I have some other outlets, you know, uh, some church stuff, some other, other things, yep. you know, working with kids in sports, but yeah. yeah, you know, you can't necessarily have all your kind of values met in one place like no. we're talking about and so it's good to think about it more broadly for your whole life mm -hmm. and that's okay you know yes. i think i think sometimes people may even put too much on a job to mm -hmm. meet all their needs and totally. our life is well beyond that yeah like their purpose is wrapped <laughs> up in their work right you know in their right. job i think yeah. that's unfortunate when that yeah, happens because we, our identity is not our job. Exactly. <laughs> it's so much broader than yeah. that. I think it's right. our identity and who we are is broader than even we can imagine, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, um, that's a good, I think that's a solid place to end and a good place. You've given people some good exercise to kind of think about that, uh, yeah. their values, what their life could be, exploring, you know, what their identity is and their vocation. So a lot of good, good stuff. And I hope that people can put this to practice and maybe tell me a little more, um, like what you're doing out there next. And if people can find more about you online and follow yeah. some of your stuff, cause you're really starting to, um, create a little bit of a footprint and of some great, great stuff yeah. more in this vein, helping people figure this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably most active on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. so you can follow me there. That's good. Good start. Yeah. I, saw, I just did follow you yesterday. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I have a website that I do some blogging on and yeah, I'm uh, making my way. Awesome. Yeah. And I do some coaching and things like that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Brittany. It was awesome to have you here today. And yeah, thanks. I know that people that listen are going to going to be um, equipped with some good tools, and I hope they get a lot out of this. Yeah, same. Thank you. Mm -hmm, thanks. Big thanks to George Fox Digital for producing this podcast. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to the George Fox Talks podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream from. And if you want to dig in more to this stuff or see what else George Fox community is talking about, check out georgefox.edu forward slash talks or by searching on YouTube for George Fox Talks. <laughs>